It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello, and welcome to the Roman Round League Podcast. I'm your host, former NFL scout, Tyler Roman. Today's episode, we're going to take a look back at the Washington football team Green Bay Packers game this past week. It was a game where Washington had a chance to pull off the upset. We couldn't take advantage of opportunities in the red zone, much like last week versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Look at the matchup versus the Broncos this week. It's an opportunity to get back in the win column. Also look at some waiver wire pickups and matchup-based starts for your fantasy football teams. A lot to cover on this edition of the Roman League podcast, so let's get started. Look at the Washington game against the Packers. Defense was solid overall and improving. I mean, this is the best they've looked basically all year. They actually had it, you know, they talked about it last week, a little better performance against the Chiefs as well. The stats didn't indicate that, but they looked better. Um, you know, overall, the team looked, defense looked good. The team, was it put in a chance to win the game because of the defense offense couldn't capitalize so um defense did their part um really liked what we're seeing going against a top flight quarterback obviously in the nfl aaron and aaron Rodgers, and offense overall that has a lot of you know good pieces of course of Devonta adam best receiver in the nfl or you know top three at, at the worst so um d-line was solid jonathan allen was a beast again um he's up to five sacks on the year he's been the main contributor this uh this whole regular season most consistent contributor on that defense line front um, ran some nice stunts. I mean, good calls by Del Rio. Uh, Jonathan Allen took advantage of it. Uh, Montez Sweat got Aaron Rodgers a few times, got one sack. He's up to four in the year, so those guys played well. Chase Young made an impact, didn't get any sacks, but he drew a penalty, um, got a deflection, um, constantly you know pushing his, the right tackle back into the Billy Turner back into the backfield. Um, so Chase definitely is more comfortable on that right side. So I think they've they've you know been made aware of that, and now Chase has been almost rushing exclusively. Uh, going against the right tackle and it's shown you know he looks more comfortable and been playing better ever since then you know tackling was better tackling was the best it's been all year there was not many missed tackles at all um you could definitely tell that there was an emphasis on that and something that's going forward that hopefully will stay that way um but overall there wasn't much you know yard that's a first contact and that's something this team has been you know lacking for these you know first six seven weeks so that was good to see again it just shows improvement and as much as those first five weeks were horrendous at least you know the fan base can see some improvement and you know hopefully that will you know set the team up for success these last 10 games of the regular season I'm really happy to see jamie davis play as much as he did he was really another good sure tackler he was all over the field he was explosive um in the run game um matches run fits and doing exactly what he was assigned to do love to see that i'm glad that he's getting the run that he deserves um there's no reason for him not to play He's your first round pick and you know with the season the way it is right now you know there's nothing you can you might as well get those young guys some looks Landon looked good in his full first time linebacker debut he's basically playing linebacker the last couple weeks anyways but ever since it was announced that he's a linebacker even though as much as he is voices displeasure with the position switch even through the media uh, he looked good I and mean, he looks comfortable it, that is what he's best at. I know he doesn't like to hear that, but you know he looked, you know, good. He was good tackling, best tackling he's had all year, uh, most consistent tackling at least. Um, looked good in coverage for the most part because you know he's playing close to the line of scrimmage. So it was good to see him do well. Benjamin St. Juice was pretty good in coverage, except that horrible penalty. Um, and that goes back to what I saw in college. He doesn't have good ball skills. He really doesn't. And I mean, he's good, good in man coverage, and doesn't mean he can't get better at it. But he looks. 
he's not comfortable when the ball is in the air. And you saw that when he easily could have just intercepted that pass. Um, and he didn't. He, for some reason, panicked and put his hand on Devonta Adams, drawing a clear pass and interference. Um, and yes, a lot of that is an experience, but he just, you know, his ball skills had never been great. And hopefully he can work on that. But um, that was a poor penalty. Kittle Fuller was solid overall. Um, I think he's been playing better the last couple of weeks as well. He was good in tackling, I thought. Um, and he's a guy that you know has the most experience in the secondary right now, especially with William Jackson out. Uh, so it's good to see him stepping up and playing better. Danny Johnson was just okay in coverage, and that's like, to be expected for the guy that basically was in the practice squad all year. But he was great in tackling situations. He came up, made a few nice tackles, um, forced a fumble on A.J. Dillon early in the game. Unfortunately, the Green Bay Packers were able to get back on top of it. But that was a great you know stick, especially in a running back like A.J. Dillon is 240 pounds. So Danny Johnson, you know, did as good as he could, you know, be accounted for coming off the practice squad the last couple of weeks. Um, Cam Curl was great again. I love the way he, you know, plays in the run game. He's the best tackler in the secondary, and it's really not close. Um, and he, I'm glad he's playing every play like he should be. Uh, Bobby McCain looked better in tackling, and that's been obviously a big bugaboo with him these first five, six, seven weeks. So good to see that he's, you know, getting a little better on the back end. Uh, but again, Cam Curl, you know, played well. And I'm glad that he's, you know, getting all the reps that he deserves really in that back of the secondary. Um, hitting on it again, just really the best tackling effort for this season so far. And I don't think it's close. It was good that they were able to, you know, wrap up, gang tackle guys. If someone did miss a tackle, there was guys that are pursuing to the ball. And that's something this team wasn't doing these first couple weeks. So maybe, you know, something's getting through to them. And I'm glad they're finally uh, playing at least closer to the potential. Not completely there, obviously, but I'm getting better. It was great to see Tim Settle get a blocked field goal. You know, Tim Settle is one of the most underrated players in this team. He could be starting a lot of teams in the NFL. And he probably will get that opportunity this year after um, free because he's a free agent after this year. And I'm sure he's going to go somewhere to get a bigger contract and to get some more playing time. But that was a great block by Settle. You know, kept some points off the board. Yes, it still was a loss. But I'm um, good to see, you know, a nice, you know, playing special teams. It's coming from Gene Tech. That's what they're made of. Um, and it was good to see Settle make a play like that. Um, Heineke had his moments. Um, he was finally using his legs again. Um, I could see, you know, maybe he was thinking a lot. You heard in the media, basically, the team was basically like, you know, be careful and you know, be safe. And you can't let a guy like that, you know, thinks too much about that and um, not run because he's not effective if he can't use his legs and mobile. So played better, still made some bad decision making. His, his arm strength is always going to be an issue. And I've said that multiple times this podcast, so I'm not going to you know, beat a dead horse. But um he was okay. I mean, he was okay. Like I said, decision-making was still average. Um, the interception to Adam Humphreys was a horrible, horrible decision. It was a horrible throw, horrible, really just, I don't know why you throw that ball to Humphreys, who's 5'10", and looks like a back shoulder kind of, at least it looked like he was attempting to do, and Humphreys, is, that's not what he's going to be good at. He's going to be beat someone on separation. Humphreys didn't have any separation on that route, so um, really bad play there. The play that, you know, he dove into the end zone, but really slid it's tough. I mean, the letter of the law, that's that they made the right call. But I, I also don't know why he went down like I mean, he probably could have walked in and been fine or at least dive head first like he did against the Buccaneers last year in the playoffs. So um, it's a learning experience for him. But it was absolute tough, tough, you know, situation for the team because the team needed those points, um, you know, obviously very badly in that situation. At, at this point, it's, it's, I guess it's you know fair to say Antonio Gibson has the fumble problem. That's fumble number three. Luckily, the team was able to, you know, jump on that one. But he's a guy that, you know, has only been playing running back for basically a year and a half now, and it's going to be coming. There's going to have some growing pains like that. Really, really love his vision and patience in the hole, though. It's something that's, you know, I think is going to be elite here in the next couple of years. Um, so I, I do love him still as a player, but he's just got to work on those fumbling issues because that's something that obviously can, you know, impede any progress that he's going to make as a running back. 
McKissick, you know, was McKissick again, good out of the backfield, really explosive when he gets a chance to run the ball, you know, through the hole. So he's going to have the same big role going forward, especially if his team's going to be down in games. McKissick's going to get a lot of run. Um, Terry McLaurin had a great game, um, kind of like that I thought it was against his Green Bay secondary. It was a great touchdown catch that he had in coverage. Um, and, you know, it was great after the catch too, drum, breaking a few tackles, especially in that one um, drag route that he was able to get another 20, 25 yards in the play. Um, so he's just a fighter and a tough tough great receiver for this team obviously that was a big drop in the red zone it would have been a tough catch but you know terry i'm sure himself would say that he should have catch that caught that ball so um that would have been huge but again it's you know comes the time when you're getting that many targets you're not gonna be able to catch them all um no receivers really stepped up outside of terry and diami went out again which was tough um deandre carter had that nice pickup on the reverse but then he fumbled the ball towards the end of the play and luckily haneke was able to drop jump on it um Humphreys and they get a few catches, but again, the receivers didn't really step up and they really need someone to help out because it can't be all on Terry, especially going forward when they could play against, you know, tougher secondaries. Ricky Seals Jones was solid again. Really, really like him showing. I'm like that, you know, he's showing that he can definitely be a tight end too for this team and someone they should pair with Logan and not bury on the bench once Logan comes back. Um, that would have been a tough catch in the red zone for a touchdown. Um, I think he, I think he was held. I, I could have been called a PI, but um, it was, you know, 50-50 call, but Ricky, that would have been a nice play to come down with. But again, I think he was impeded a little bit by Adrian Amos in the, in the secondary. O-line was, you know, okay to good. There were some sacks later in the game, but I think it's because Heineke was holding on the ball, trying to make as much play as possible to get the team in the game. Um, but again, they've been pretty solid all year and as much as you could, you know, hope for going into the year. Overall, red zone woes were the reason they lost. Um, they have to execute and be better if they want to win these games or have any chance of turning the season around. Um, just because, you know, if they, they're in the red zone six times and only scored twice, I think, I think that was, a, so if they score that they can, they could easily won that game yesterday, excuse me, Sunday. Um, and they didn't. So, um, I think when Logan comes back, that's going to be a big plus cause they you know, love to have his size in the red zone. Um, and even a guy like if Curtis Hamill's ever to get healthy, you can use him out of the backfield, jet sweeps and, you know, stuff of that nature. So. Yes, they're playing man down, but again, you had your chance. You had enough to get down there. You had to do enough to actually punch it in and get points on the board. Moving to the Washington Denver game, Bridgewater has had an up and down year for Denver. They started off fast, three zero. That was more indictment on the team, the teams they were playing. I think the teams they played were combined zero and nine after week three. So they come back to down to earth and have lost every game since. Teddy's always a threat with his legs, so that has to be accounted for. Third straight week team is playing against a mobile-ish quarterback, so um, he's been banged up a little bit, but he's still capable of making plays. He had a, he has a little extra rest this week playing. They played Cleveland last Thursday, so they have that mini buy a little bit coming off of before facing Washington. Um, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon are a good backfield deal duo. Williams is getting more run. I really liked him in North Carolina. He's a big, tough runner. Or, uh, more like a bowling ball type of running back. Um, and eventually he's going to be the, the, the clear number one running back um, for them. But Gordon still is a solid running back as well. Um, they have good playmakers of role in addition to Gordon and Williams. And Cortland Sutton, um, one of the better young receivers in the NFL, Jerry Judy as well, who looks like he will be back coming off IR against Washington. Uh, loves him in the draft class in 2019. Um, no, excuse me, 2020. Um, Tim Patrick's a good receiver too. He's been getting more run with Judy out. Noah Fant's a good young up-and-coming tight end. He was a first-round pick in 2019. So they have a lot of weapons that this defense needs to account for. And if they play like they did the last couple weeks, hopefully they can keep them. Um, maybe not completely in check, but you know, limit the damage. O-line of Garen Bowles, Dalton Reisner, Cushenberry, Tyler Glasgow, and Bobby Massey. 
solid group. Yeah, Bowles was a really a bust before last year. He finally had a good year and was able to get an extension for Denver. Um, but the defensive line, Washington defensive line, should make plays against that front. I mean, Chase and Montez really are no match, I think, for Garrett Bowles or especially Bobby Massey. So they should make those plays. Jonathan Allen, Settle, Ioannidis in the middle against Cushenberry, Dalton Reisner. Those are Dalton Reisner, excuse me, Dalton Reisner is a road grader in the run game, uh, but not as good against the pass. So hopefully they can, you know, make the plays in the interior. If the defense plays up to their potential, or at least trending the way they've trained the last few weeks, they should be able to keep this offense in check. Um, even with those weapons, um, I think they can get to Teddy and make him uncomfortable, maybe make a few mistakes. So I think this team can, you know, have some, you know, put up a solid effort against that offense. Uh, on the other side, the Broncos have a very good defense, solid defense. They can cause some issues. Um, they're fifth in yards allowed per game. So that's going to be tough. You know, Shelby, excuse me, Shelby Harris, Mike Purcell, Draymond Jones up front. They're starting front three and they're three or four front. Solid group. I like Draymond Jones from Ohio State. Um, he's getting better every year. Vaughn Miller, still a great pass rusher off the edge. He's still going to be a 10 sack a year guy. Um, even at his age, um, going in, I think he's in year 10 right now. Um, Malik Reed has replaced Bradley Chubb. It's obviously a downgrade from Bradley Chubb. And they just traded for Kenny Young, the linebacker from the Los Angeles Rams, excuse me, Los Angeles Rams, to play in the middle with Justin Strand. So I don't know if Kenny Young's going to be able to play this Sunday or he's up, up to speed, but I'm sure he's going to be their starting linebacker because he's, he's solid. He was solid for the LA, and I think he's going to be. He's getting better each year as well. He came. He originally was Baltimore before getting traded to the Rams and the Marcus Peters trade. But now he's on his third team in a few years now with the Denver Broncos. Uh, the Broncos have a very, very deep secondary. They have Washington's former friend, Ronald Darby. First-round pick, Patrick Tatane, the second. He said a nice start to his career. Bryce Callahan in the slot. I mean, it's so deep that you have a guy like Kyle Fuller on the bench. Kyle doesn't even get any run anymore because um, of those three guys. I think Kyle Fuller is actually going to get traded here just because other teams need secondary help, and he should clearly be playing. He still is a good cornerback. But Denver has such, you know, money and picks invested that they have enough guys that they don't even need Fuller to play. So um, Kareem Jackson's a really good, strong safety. Um, they signed him back last year after cutting him briefly in the offseason. Justin Simmons is, you know, top two, top three, deep middle free safety in the NFL. Um, so Heineke has to be aware of him because he can make plays all over the field. Heineke will have to lose his, excuse me, use his legs to be effective, much like he did against Green Bay. Um, take what's given to him. Don't do anything rash and try to make, you know, big play after big play because Denver can and will make him pay for it if he tries to, you know, force passes in there. I try to get Gibson and McKissick going uh, early to open, really to open up the play action and get Taylor a little more comfortable. You know, Gibson and McKissick are a good backfield duo and, you know, one of the better in the league, in my opinion. And Denver is more closer to the middle of the pack and and rush offense. So hopefully Washington can make some hay in that, that department. Tough matchup for Terry with all that. Great secondary help I've already you know mentioned, but he's still going to get his. He's almost matchup proof, and he's going to make his plays. But the team needs other playmakers to step up. Hopefully, De'Ami Brown, Curtis Samuels, Samuel, excuse me, or Cam Sims can play because they need to take some pressure off Terry. I don't know what the status is for guys like Cam and Curtis. Um, De'Ami seems like it's not too serious. He did have an MRI, but again, they don't think it's a major injury. But it looks like he probably will miss this week. Um, Ricky Seals Jones and uh, JD obviously would need to step up if those receivers are not able to play. Ricky Jones, like I said, has been good, and I expect him to continue to be good for this team until Logan Thomas returns. O-line can hold up against that front. I think, obviously, the biggest one to worry about, obviously, is Von Miller, and I think they will do okay. I think Leno can hold his own for the most part, and if he goes up against, it looks like, Cornelius Lucas, I think they can you know, do as much as they can to keep Heineke you know, on his feet. Overall, I mean, maybe being the optimistic view, I think the team is trending in the right direction. If they can finally put an all-game together, you know, they can get back on the winning track. Again, I don't know what that means for their season. I still don't know if they're going to be able 
obviously very long shot. They can, you know, do something to get back into their winning ways of last year where they were able to finish strong. But they have enough talent to at least, you know, have a much better second half of the year. Um, might be too late again for a playoff um, consideration, but I think they can turn the season around overall. If the if offense can, you know, step up and the defense plays away the last two weeks, they, they really could have won these last two games if the defense just seemed like the offense, you know, did what they did the first four weeks of the season. But unfortunately, that's the way the season has gone when one side is playing well, the other one isn't. So having said all that, I think Washington will get a win this week, um, get back to three and five, heading into the bye, because um, that will be huge going playing the defending champions and the best quarterback of all time, Tom Brady, the Tampa, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after the bye. In week 10. So I think they get the win to hopefully have a little momentum and see what they can do if they can have any chance of salvaging the season after the bye. I got them winning 23-17. Moving on to fantasy football, looking at running backs, I got Kenneth Gainwell from the Philadelphia Eagles. He's got a really good matchup against the Detroit Lions this week at Detroit. He could be RB1 if Miles Sanders is out. He left early with an injury last week. Obviously, really good matchup against a really poor defense. Detroit Lions team who was the only one this team left in the NFL. He also is really good out of the backfield. Another really guy, guy like that in Memphis um, and someone that, you know, is going to be counted upon on that team. And he's kind of outplayed Miles Sanders all year. Wouldn't be surprised if he has good effort uh, while Sanders is out that he's eventually just going to be their starting running back going forward. Receiver-wise, you got Alan Lazar, the Green Bay Packers wide receiver, playing at Arizona on Thursday night. Let's say Devonta Adams is going to be out with COVID, which is a huge loss for that team. Lazard will have you know, a lot of opportunities to make plays because he's going to be the de facto wide receiver one for Rodgers. Um, he had 60 yards and a touchdown last week, um, and I think you know Rodgers does really like him, and I think he will look to him even more if Adams is out. You got Atlanta receiver Russell Gage. They're playing the Carolina Panthers, who are struggling, losing four in a row um, after starting 3-0. and uh, He had four catches in a 67 yards and a touchdown last week. He's Matt Ryan's main deep threat there. Um, he, said a good, he had a really good year last year, over 70 catches and 700 yards. He's an ascending player, and I think Ryan's going to continue to look his way. Um, another receiver, you have the Giants receiver Darius Slayton. Good matchup again against a really bad Chiefs defense. He had five catches, six three yards last week. Not great numbers, but um, you know he's really again like the de facto wide receiver one for the Giants. With all the injuries with Galladay out, Tony out, Shepard out, is really Slayton and not too much else. So um, good matchup, like I said, with all the injuries and a poor defense against the Chiefs. And then lastly, a tight end you got CJ Uzama, Bengals tight end. Really, really tasty matchup going against the New York Jets. You know, one of the worst teams in the NFL. He had three catches, 95 yards, and two touchdowns this past weekend against Baltimore. He's five touchdowns total in the year. Um, not a top option, but a really good matchup, like I said. And he's someone that continues to get red zone looks. Burrow looks for him there. And he's been good after the catch. Um, really some hit and miss games. He's had multiple touchdown games, and he's had games where he's getting one catch total. So, yes, it's a little more of a streaming option if you're feeling good about um, his matchup against the Jets, which um, by all intents and purposes you should because obviously the Jets are a you know pretty poorest team right now. But with that, that will conclude this Roman League episode. Washington football team suffered their third loss on a row to drop two and five on the year for the second straight year. And this week, they will look to get go to mile high and get a win. Hope some of these fantasy tips help you in your leagues. Next week, I'll be back with a new episode reviewing the Washington football team game versus the Denver Broncos. And with a bye, no game to preview take a look ahead of the 2022 NFL draft. You can follow me on Twitter at NFLScout21 and Instagram Roman League underscore pod. Thanks for listening. Please rate and subscribe. This is your host, Tyler Roman, signing off. See you next time.